Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All right, so the new Edmonton Oilers, well, they're not all new, but the Oilers signed today. Mike Smith, Thomas Yurko, Marcus Granlund, and Gaetan House. Those would be the new guys, Alex Chason and Jujar Kara, signed and returning. Trade late this afternoon, Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot go to the Leafs. Colorado gets Nazem Kadri and Cali Rosen. Draft picks also changing hands there. The Leafs also traded... Zaitsev, Brown, and Carconi to Ottawa for CC Harper and Luchak. Uh, I'll run down some signings of note. Artemi Panarin goes to the New York Rangers, seven years, $81.5 million. Sergei Bobrovsky goes to Florida, seven years, $70 million. Joe Pavelski to Dallas, three years, $21 million. Matt Duchesne to Nashville, seven years, $56 million. Peter Morazic, who I saw as an option for the Oilers in net, especially given his history with, uh, with Ken Holland, he stays in Carolina two years, $6.25 million. Semyon Varlamov goes to the New York Islanders on a four-year deal. Robin Leonard leaves the New York Islanders, goes to Chicago one year, $5 million. Uh, what else can I tell you? Wayne Simmons goes to New Jersey one year, $5 million. Brett Connolly, who the Oilers interviewed, leaves Washington, goes to Florida, four years, $13 million. Matt Zuccarella goes to Minnesota, five years, $30 million. Andre Secra, I mentioned the former Oiler who was bought out yesterday to Dallas, one year, $1.5 million. Corey Perry goes to Dallas, one year, $1.5 million. Cam Talbot to the Calgary Flames, one year, $2.75 million. Jason Spezza goes to Toronto, one year, seven hundred k. Those are some of the notables. You can get more on the Oilers signings on 630ched.com, as well as the full Ken Holland media availability from this afternoon. And I believe uh, Ken Holland will join Bob Stoffer on Oilers now from noon to 2. We'll have uh, more on what the Oilers did today, other stories, and the Eskimos coaches show tomorrow will be at 7.30, running until 8 o'clock with Jason Moss and Morley Scott as uh, the Eskimos coming off that tough loss to uh, Winnipeg on Thursday. They ran uh, more than double as many plays as Winnipeg. They outgained them 445 yards to 283. They had the ball for 36 and a half minutes to 23 and a half minutes for Winnipeg and uh, not enough. Not enough as they suffer their first loss of the season. Eskimos on a bye at BC next Thursday. You can text 63630 our phone number 780 496 0063. 
as uh, we will try to hook up with Pat Steinberg here. We also have uh, some conversations with Marcus Granlin and Mike Smith coming up before the end of the show this evening. Uh, this texture says, Reed, regarding Puliyarvi, I have zero tolerance and even less time for a player who has done nothing and start demanding what an NHL GM should do. My respect for the player and his agent went completely out the window when that happened. As far as, as, far as I'm concerned, uh, I am not certain whether he should even ever play in the NHL again. Well, that sentiment is out there. Um, look, the Oilers certainly are not blameless in this player's problems and development. Uh, but having said that, it has reached a point where the agent's saying he, he will never be an Edmonton Oiler again. So that's a little bit concerning. We'll see how it plays out. One guy who will be an Edmonton Oiler, at least for the next season, goaltender Mike Smith did not have a great save percentage with the Calgary Flames this past season, even though he was a, a part of them finishing with the second-best record in the National Hockey League. I, I know I talked uh, a little bit about this last week. When you look at the save percentage of the goaltenders who uh, played enough to qualify for the stat, Mike Smith uh, didn't have very good numbers. 54 goaltenders played at least 25 games. Miko Koskinen of the Oilers was 38th. Not great. Mike Smith was 47th out of the 54 goaltenders who played 54 games. He'll get a chance to bounce back. He's going to be playing with his old coach, Dave Tippett, who he had with the Coyotes, and Mike Smith spoke with Bob Stoffer earlier today. Just a thought on Dave, sure. on, 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 be, on coming to a team with Dave Tippett. Well, I mean, I think it's been well documented how, uh, how much team, uh, Tip has, has meant to my career, and, um, you know, I have a ton of respect for, you know, him as a coach, him as a person, and I think it's going to be a good fit in Edmonton and excited about this uh, this new chapter. Uh, you've been kind of the number one guy for the last several years. It's going to be a full-on competition with you and Koskinen uh, with a bonus late in contract. Just a thought on the structure of your contract, Mike. Structure of the contract and why it made sense for you. You know what? It, at, the, at this age, I think it doesn't. It's not as much about the money as it is about an opportunity to to keep your career moving forward and and to uh, have a chance to compete for the playoffs in the Stanley Cup. And and I really believe that Edmonton is a team that uh, is right there. They're they're you know they have one of the best players in the world in Connor McDavid and and obviously Leon Draisaitl had a, a heck of a year also. So and uh, you know other guys that you know probably underachieved last year. So I think it's it's an opportunity for me to. To battle it out for the number one position, Koskinen is a, is a heck of a goalie also, and I want to help him out as much as I can too and understand my role as a veteran player and, and uh, want to be a, you know, a good leader in that locker room and help this group uh, get to the next level. Do you need two goaltenders in the Western Conference with the travel? I mean, the travel is uh, kind of insane, to be honest, but uh, um, it's always important to have two guys that can go in and any given night and to win your win your team hockey game so i think it's uh it's uh it's a healthy you know competitive environment to have two guys that can that want the net and it makes both guys better and and uh it'll be fun it'll be a fun little competition between me and koski but i'm sure you know i'll get to know him and i want to help him out as much as i can too i understand that and where, what role I'm, I'm in and um like I said, excited about this this new chapter and this new challenge. Uh, we had a chuckle last summer about your exchange uh, with Milan Lucic. Uh, 
and it's it's all part of the Battle of Alberta. You, now you're going to be on both ends of it. So just a thought on that. Like it's, uh, and my expectation is that these two teams will be. You know, Calgary had a great year last year. I mean, these these should be playoff competitive teams. I mean, it should be a lot of fun from that end, shouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think any time we played Edmonton last year was a real competitive hockey game, and they're fun to be a part of. That's what that's the kind of games you want to play. And sometimes it can get a little bit stale during the season, but when you play in games like that, there's no excuse but to show up and play well. So I think um, it'll obviously di- be different on the other the other end of it. But uh, I'm super excited. Uh, Luch was one of my first uh, messages that I got from uh, guys in the team. So I think it's uh, it's an exciting time to you know move down the road to Edmonton and and uh, my family's real excited about this new this new opportunity and new chapter and um yeah, they're both competitive teams, so I'm sure it'll be a, a good battle. Uh, I'm going to really enjoy the first time that uh, Matthew Kachuk tries to get in your grill, Mike, because I know you're going to make him pay. <laughs> and, and you know what? If you if you don't do it, I'm in my 50s. I'll come out of the press box and two-hand him for you. So, uh, <laughs> but, but, hey, he's a great young player, right? And that's, that's part of his game. And uh, that's all going to be part of your veteran experience to, to deal with that sort, of, uh, uh, that sort of aspect of the game, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Chucky is a guy that can get into your skin. But um, and I think when I was in Arizona, I think his first year in the league, there was a couple exchanges already. So I'm sure there'll be more where that came from. Uh, one, one area that you excel at is handling the puck. Uh, the only guy I ever saw better than you actually was a former Flames draft choice, Jason Mazzotti, who played at Michigan State. Uh, the only problem was he couldn't stop the puck. You can. Uh, but just a, <laughs> just, a, just a thought on, on, that, uh, on the ability, uh, you know, and, and that's an area that Miko has to work on as well and and at your age and at this stage even though Miko's in his early 30s you're still going to push him to try to improve his game as well and that's that, that's part and parcel isn't it just in terms of making sure you have real good uh, when, when you're a goaltender putting pucks in the right spot in the ice yeah absolutely it's a, it's, it's a huge part of my game it's something that I take you know a lot of pride in um, I really believe it helps our you know defensemen out and the, the quicker we can get it out of our end and, and into their forward hands and um, down the other end, the, the better it is off for, uh, for everyone. So I think it's, like I said, it's a huge part of my game that I feel is, uh, is a huge asset to have. And, yeah, with Koski, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to, to help the guy out. I'm, uh, I, you know, we're on the same team. We're, we're battling out, but it's going to be a competitive, you know, friendly, um, you know, battle. And, um, like I said, I had Marty Turco as a young guy, and, and I'm an older guy now and realize that, um, you know, I owe it to whoever I'm playing with to help them and, and help them along and, and be a good teammate and good leader. And um, Marty was like that to me, and I owe it to, uh, to the league and to the players that I play with to, to follow in the, the footsteps of him. So I think uh, I'm going to do everything I can to help this team better, make better. Uh, well, Grant Fuhr has the record 13 assists in one season for a goaltender, but he just left it behind the goal, and, and Paul Coffey used to pick it up. You're going to have to make a 120-foot stretch pass to McDavid or Leon, okay? Does that, does that sound like a bit of a plan once in a while? That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, Mike, we'll have some more fun with you down the road. Thank you for joining us, and congrats on getting the deal done, okay? Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate that. All right, that's Mike Smith talking to Bob Stoffer earlier today. Had him live on during Oilers Now. The 37-year-old goaltender joining the Edmonton Oilers. One-year deal worth $2 million. Uh, some incentives there as well for appearances that could get him close to uh, $4 million if he plays, well, basically the half the season or more as an Edmonton Oiler. Uh, your thoughts on what the Oilers did or didn't do today? Do you think there is more to come that they can realistically pull off to help the team? You can text 63630, the phone number 7 
780-496-0063. You'll also hear from another one of the new guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Marcus Granlin, could he chip in double-digit goals in the upcoming season? That's all ahead inside Sports on Chad. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, so looking up front for the Edmonton Oilers, here's why I, I still have questions about the team's scoring depth, which was an issue last season. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, all very good or excellent years. Cassian got to 15 goals, so that was pretty good. Where have they really brought in more goals than they had last season? Let's, uh, let, I mean, look, we're sitting here July 1st. I know there aren't any regular season games for, for three months, but still, you know, I, I don't think Leon Dreisaitl is going to get to 50 again. It'd be great if he does. Let's put him down for 40. Let's put McDavid down for another 40. Let's put Nugent Hopkins down for another 30. More excellent years from those gentlemen. I'm going to give Cassian the benefit of being able to repeat the 15 goals, especially if he plays higher in the lineup. Uh, what do we have here? Negard. He's fast. I'll, okay, I'm, I'm going to be generous on some of these, which maybe isn't a good thing. Uh, I'm going to put Negard down for 10. Chase on, I'm going to put down for 15. I don't think he can get to 22 again, but I think he can still contribute. Lucic, I'm going to put down for 5. Uh, Kara, I'm going to put down, well, I'm going to put down for 5. I'm going to hope he can do a little bit better. He only got 3 last year, as we were talking about. He did have 11 the year before. Gagne, I'm going to put down for 10. Granlin, I'm going to put down for 10. Uh, Cave, I'll put down for 5. I mean, we're not talking about a lot of goals here from the forwards. Still a missing slot there, most likely. And this Gaetan House guy coming over from Switzerland, I'm not putting him down for any because, quite frankly, I don't know if he's good enough to play. There, I mean, obviously Ken Holland believes he is. I know he was looked at by other teams. I'm sure he can skate. But it, it, like, I don't think Negard can come and score like a top six player. But I'm going to be generous and put him down for 10. House, I'm not even going to put him down. So what do I have here? 110, uh, 135, 150, 165. I got about uh, 185 goals from the forwards. Not great. And I got 110 from three of them. So scoring depth is still going to be an issue. But this guy... Hoping to help out. Marcus Granlin talked to Bob and I earlier today. I guess, uh, first of all, uh, how did this sort of uh, come to be with Edmonton? At what point did you realize that the Oilers were interested in you? And then second part of that, why did it make sense uh, for you to choose the Oilers? Well, yeah, a couple couple days ago, uh, uh, I talked with my agent, and uh, he told me that uh, Oilers, they're... Uh, uh, they're uh, interested about me, and uh, and uh, and that's uh, how it started. 
And and yeah, I think uh, Oilers. It's a, obviously it's a great team and great uh, hockey city. So uh, I think that's a good uh, opportunity f- uh, for me to to get better and uh, and uh, uh, be a great player. Marcus Reed Wilkins here. In 16-17 with Vancouver, you were able to score 19 goals. You had eight the following season, though I realize you didn't play the entire year, and you had 12 goals last season. Maybe tell us uh, where you see yourself offensively, and as I'm sure you know, this you're coming to an Oilers team that, that didn't have enough depth scoring last year. Uh, yeah, I, I I think I uh, I, I can play uh, obviously good uh, defensively and good offensively too. I I, I think I'm a two-way player and uh, and like you said, like a couple, couple years back, I was able to score 19 goals. So hopefully I can uh, I can do that again. How much uh, left wing did you play versus right wing versus? Because I know uh, there were occasionally you even got some shifts at center, but you're mostly, as I recall, a left wing. But are you pretty in your mind? Are you pretty versatile in your ability to play all three positions? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I can I can play uh, all three uh, positions. Yeah, for sure. Like, like I think I I played uh, most uh, on left wing, but I can also play right or center. The uh, penalty killing uh, last year for uh, the Canucks had some ups and downs, and that's part of Edmonton's uh, organization, uh, Marcus, that has to improve. I mean, the Oilers, since November of uh, 2016, the Edmonton Oilers have had the worst penalty killing in the National Hockey League. Obviously, that's a big part of your game is your ability to kill penalties. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've like, last, last two years, I've... Uh played a lot PK so I think that's that's uh, what I what I can do and uh, I think you got to be a smart player to play PK so uh, I think uh, that's a good thing Marcus you, you've spent uh, three plus seasons with Vancouver and you were with Calgary the year before that and, and now you're joining Edmonton tell us a little bit about experience playing in Western Canada and I guess now you're going to be on yet another side of some of these rivalries we have here in the West yeah I think that's a good thing like uh, well, when I played in Calgary every time when we when we played against Oilers uh, it was a great game and the battle was hard and and all the fans they were uh, excited so so uh, we'll see what's going to happen now, but uh, um, I'm excited to be there. You know, it's funny. I, I recall a couple plays that Connor McDavid made against Vancouver where he beat like four guys. And uh, now you're going to be practicing against that guy on a daily basis. And in fact, when the Oilers go on the power play drills, uh, you're going to be maybe in the uh, the first uh, PK unit, maybe with Juju Arcaro, who just re-signed today as well. But uh, are you, you get better by playing. Look, and I know your brother's a heck of a player as well, but the fact is you get better by playing against uh, better or playing with it against and practicing with or against better players don't you oh yeah for sure like uh, every every day when you when you when you can play uh, play against or practice against uh, great players you you get better and you have to you have to learn what they're gonna do and uh, what are the options Marcus, you you joined the NHL in the 13-14 season with the Flames. During that time, what, if anything, do you think has been the biggest change in the National Hockey League or some things you've had to adapt to as a player? 
I I think the speed, like all the players can skate so fast. So I think that's the that's the biggest thing. So like every every all the all the players can skate fast. All right, there is Marcus Granlin in conversation with Bob and I earlier today. Oilers general manager Ken Holland on uh, what position he sees Granlin playing. Well, he can play all three positions. You know, we talked to him. I think he's most comfortable on the wing. He can play center. Um, you know, I, you know. as we sit here today, obviously we need a third-line center. Gaetal Haas is a center. Um, Jujar can play center. Um, uh, Granlin can play center. But certainly we're on the lookout to see if we can find another guy between now and training camp that, that can, uh, they can play center. All right, well, so the search continues uh, for the Oilers, and I would think they're still searching for someone to play a little higher in the lineup too and, and, and give Ryan Nugent Hopkins some support on, on the wing on his line and maybe somebody who can finish some plays. On it goes uh, for the Oilers. They've uh, added some speed. They uh, bought, bought out Sekra. They bring in Mike Smith. I don't know if they look a lot, if any, better than they did last season, but we're a ways away from the games counting in the standings. Still a weather delay in Regina. 1.58 left in the second quarter. The Rough Riders leading Toronto 25-0. At Remax Field tonight into the top of the second now. Moose Jaw and the Edmonton Prospects are scoreless. And this afternoon at Clark, FC Edmonton in Canadian Premier League action, knocking off Halifax by the score of 2-0. Pat Steinberg will check in between 7 and 8. Insights, or 7.30 and 8, pardon me. Inside Sports on 6.30 check. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Missed a score there before I went to break. Team Brick Alberta, 3-2 winners over Team Quebec this afternoon in their first game of the Brick Invitational. Every team has a day in this tournament where they have to play twice, and that is right off the hop for Team Brick Alberta. Back on the ice, just getting underway now against Pennsylvania. Team Brick trying to win the tournament for the first time since 2009, now in its 30th year. Pretty cool stuff going on at West Edmonton Mall. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Next Eskimos broadcast is next Thursday. The Eskimos coaches show usually 7.30 to 8 on Monday, but this week it's bumped back a day, so get Moss and Morley tomorrow at 7.30. All your Oilers coverage on 630Ched.com. Obviously, we've had extended free agency coverage today on these airwaves. Bob was on uh, from 10 to 2, and I'm live with you tonight. And going down the highway to Sportsnet 960 in Calgary and my good buddy, Flames Radio host, Pat Steinberg. Pat, how are you doing? Ah, it's an honor to be on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on this Canada Day. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. No better way to celebrate our patriotism for sure. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Uh, I got to dive right in here. Mike Smith, who are the Oilers getting, buddy? I I don't. I honestly don't know. And I, I don't know which Mike Smith you're getting. And I am fascinated to see which Mike Smith you're getting because the Mike Smith that played really well in the 
second half of the season. I think probably more accurately the final third of the season. And obviously was one of their best players, if not their best players, in, uh, their best player, rather, in a five-game exit to Colorado in round number one. If you're getting that guy, then you're probably okay with that contract for one year. If you're getting the Mike Smith, who was, you know, sitting around 880 for his save percentage for the first two-thirds of the season, uh, you're probably going to be saying, and your lucky stars is an Oilers fan that it's only one year. The interesting thing, I, I'm really interested with the Smith signing in, in Edmonton because the, the Miko Koskinen, Mike Smith tandem has, I think, the potential to be really good because I think, you know, as much as people in the hockey world like to give the Oilers a hard time for the Koskinen contract, there were good stretches of time last year where Koskinen played like a number one goaltender. So, I'm, I'm curious to see if he can take a step forward and do that on a more regular basis. And the thing that I'm most curious about when it comes to Smith, Reed, is whether or not he can be an effective goaltender. Not an effective goaltender. I mean, like, can he be a 908 to 915 goaltender? Can he do that while playing half the workload or less? And that was the big question we had down here because we went back and forth and round and round and listeners and texters and hosts and about whether or not the Flames should re-sign Mike Smith. And my biggest reason why was that I'm skeptical that, A, he is wanting to step into a situation where he is clearly the 1B, which I think he was going to be here in Calgary. They want to give David Riddick that opportunity. And, B, is he a guy who can still be effective when he's playing a limited workload, when he's getting all the starts, when he is a high-volume starter, the history suggests, even last year, the history suggests that Mike Smith can still be an effective goaltender. It's when the workload isn't as high that we've seen things drop off a little bit. But I think the situation's a little bit different in Edmonton. And, and you, you'd be a much better judge of this, but just on the outside, I think that you know, Mike Smith was probably told, hey, you're coming in and you're competing for the number one job here. And I don't think that's all that different than what the Flames told Cam Talbot when they signed him to a one-year deal today. But I think there's a, a great deal of investment in, in the Flames front office and making sure that David Riddick isn't relegated to being a 1D goaltender this year, isn't relegated to being number two and really investing in him. So I'm, I'm curious to see which Mike Smith you're getting to answer the question. I don't know. I don't know because it was such a Jekyll and Hyde season and he's 37 years old. But if, if you're getting the guy that played in the final third of the season, then, yeah, he, he's got the potential to be a nice, a nice addition in Edmonton. Well, it, that's interesting. It, Smith played better when he had more work. Koskinen played better when he had breaks. I think he needs practice. And I mean, I think in the KHL he'd play four games on, and then the other guy would go in for four games before he came over here. So that, it's interesting to see how that is going to play out. Smith certainly can move the puck. I, I mean, Bob Stoffer mentioned earlier today, I can't remember if he said it on air or off air, but Mike Smith might already be the best puck handling goaltender in Oilers history just based on <laughs> reputation <laughs> it's funny like the puck handling convert and get ready for it get ready for the first time Mike Smith comes way out of his net to play that puck and puts it right under the stick of an opposing forward uh, get ready for the first time that in the preseason a puck handling gap leads to a scoring chance like this was one of the most constant debates in the two years Smith was in Calgary, and specifically last year, because Smith was struggling in the first two-thirds of the season and looked like he had lost it. 
the the people that were still very much in his corner, one of the big things that kept on being brought up was, well, look at how well he plays the puck. And and it's funny because there are differing opinions on what that means. There are there are some who believe that it absolutely helps a team and helps them break out in transition and decreases the wear and tear on blue liners, so on and so forth. And there are some who have done studies to suggest that a guy coming out playing the puck as aggressively and as often as Smith does uh, doesn't really help and, and can sometimes hinder the team. And, and so it, it really is it really is uh, which way you look at things. Here's, here's what I'll say about Smith. He handles the puck at an elite level. There's no doubt about it. I put him in the same category as the other really good puck-handling goaltenders in, in recent memory in the NHL. So that's Ben Bishop, that's Carey Price, that's Martin Brodeur. But yeah, he absolutely is right there in that conversation. What sets Smith apart from those guys is that I don't think I've ever seen a goaltender more aggressive and more apt to use the green light to go out. Like it doesn't matter. Like there'll be a rim that there's no chance that he's got a, a shot at knocking down, and he'll still be out trying. And most of the time, he will be able to knock hard rims behind his net down and and get possession back for his team. It's I, it's it's crazy. He is extremely aggressive at it, and I think that you'll notice that from the first time you watch him in a preseason game in September. And and I I tend to believe that. Yes, can he sometimes hurt you? Can he sometimes be too aggressive? Yes, but I tend to lean more on the side of I still think that he can help your team, and I think he does more uh, more help than he does harm when it comes to handling the puck. Pat Steinberg joining us from Sportsnet 960. Pat, I'm just going to put you on hold so you can reflect on this. March 5th, 2019, so March 5th of this year, obviously, and uh, you know the Flames were, were looking good, headed towards a second overall finish, but they were getting some questions about the goaltending, and, and Mike Smith uh, kind of shot back a little bit. I think it's been pretty good, to be honest. What is Ritter, 11-2 and something in his last 15? That's, I mean, that's pretty good. I think I've won five of my last six. And that's pretty good, too. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be ups and downs throughout the season. It's not always going to be roses. There's going to be little little blips in the radar. Everyone gets in a big panic when there's one game or two games here. But if you look over the course of the season, then you know it evens itself out. And like you said, you don't get to first place in the West by mediocre goaltending. So, to be honest, I don't really care. My my job's to. My job's to, to be the best I can be every single night, come to practice and work as hard as I can to, to be as good as I can when I get the chance to get in the net. And I think both Ritter and I feel our teammates are most important. And we win and lose together. And sometimes, um, you know, the goaltending takes a heat for it, and that's fine. And sometimes, um, you know, the team doesn't play as well and the goaltenders bail them out. So it's, it, it, it all evens itself out throughout the season. There's no panic. I mean, it's 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 funny. You guys like to you guys like to you know you guys must be bored or something. But um, we're fine. There is from who? From well, you guys? From the pundits, we'll say. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, that's important then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, he's he's not afraid to show some personality. I mean, I I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind asking a question about a 
uh, a criticism or a problem and, and, and getting an answer back like that. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens in Empton. But he's, uh, I, I, you, could, you could even hear today in his short interview with Bob, which obviously had a totally positive tone because he's got a new team. He seemed like he's maybe a little more outgoing and not just the cliche answer type of athlete. A hundred percent. That's uh, you'll you'll notice that right away too. First of all, I firmly believe that Mike Smith is is coming to your city with a big time chip on his shoulder, and I don't say that in a bad way uh, or in a derogatory way. I think he's coming with something to prove. I think that he's fired up, and I think he is wanting to show that hey, all those people that doubted me, look what I did in the postseason. Look what I'm going to do now, and and I think he's going to come to Edmonton, and he will be in Dave Tippett's ear, and I guarantee you the five times the Flames and Oilers play this year, Mike Smith will be relentless in trying to make sure he's in between the pipes for all five of those games. He'd love nothing more to shove it down the Flames' throat. I think I think he is coming with a big-time chip on his shoulder, and, and I, I think that he... I don't want to say he was upset about the way things ended with the, him and the organization, because I don't think there's any bad blood between the Flames organization and Smith, but I think that he... I think there was a little bit of, um, I don't think that he liked some of the things that were said and, and some of the questioning, and, and that is exactly the clip that you just played there. So I, I do 100% believe that's what we're going to be talking about when he suits up for the Oilers for the first time. But, yeah, he's a really, he's, he's insightful. He's one of the best quotes in the National Hockey League that I've come across. He speaks on game days. He speaks on non-game days. He's always got time for you. He speaks after he allows seven and a loss. He speaks after a shutout. Um, and here's the thing that I'm very curious about if it, if it shows up there. There were times here in Calgary, and it happened a few times in both years that he played here, where he would call the team out. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, like, we were garbage tonight and we need to be better. It's more like, no, 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 no. These guys have got to play better. We are the, the, There's a few guys on this team who are not buying in, and if we want to get to the playoffs, these guys are going to have to buy in. Like He is not shy to go out and um, throw, some, uh, throw some shade if certain things aren't getting done by the team. So he, he is not afraid to speak his mind. He is very well-spoken and very outspoken. I always appreciate it with him. As, as a guy in the media, he gave you some of the best quotes and one of the best interviews in the entire National Hockey League. So I think, I think from your perspective, you will quite enjoy dealing with Mike Smith in that regard. Well, that's good to hear. The Oilers, uh, you know, kind of a, an underwhelming day, though I didn't expect them to do any any big splashes because they don't have a lot of cap space. I, I think there might have been some minor improvements up front. We'll see if that plays out as we move on into the season. I, I, Pat, I, I've been uh, watching so much online and on TV today, I can't even remember who said this, but one of the pundits on TV identified the Calgary Flames as a loser on free agency day, which I was like, wow, okay. Uh, how would you sum up what the Flames did or didn't do today? Not surprising. First of all, we'd known that Cam Talbot was coming here for, geez, I mean, they, the, the interest in the Flames and Talbot goes back years, but I know that they were banging down the Oilers' door at the trade deadline trying to acquire him, and I guess that would have been, what, like the third or fourth ever trade between the two organizations had that gone down. Obviously, he didn't. He went to Philadelphia and spent the rest of his 18-19 season with the Flyers. Um, so, i, I got to be honest with you. It's hard to call 
it's hard to call the Flames losers on free agency day when uh, they didn't do a whole lot because they didn't really have the ability to do a whole lot. They are very strapped in terms of cap space. They're not quite in the same category as the Tampas and uh, Winnipeg's and Toronto's of the world, but they still are very tight with cap space. They've got significant players that they still need to sign, led by Matthew Kachuk, who, you know, you take a look at what Sebastian Ajo's offer sheet was today, and uh, we wait to see what some of these other RFA contracts look like. You're probably talking about in the $8 million range for Matthew Kachuk if, if this ends up being a longer-term deal. So, you know, if they're talking about $11 million of cap space after Talbot signs, well, there's a good uh, there's a good chunk of it gone with Kachuk plus Sam Bennett needs a new contract. David Riddick needs a new contract. So they've got they've got some significant uh, some significant deals to negotiate. And I just I don't know what they what like they, they didn't they didn't have the ability to go after Matt Duchesne. They didn't have the ability to go after Matt Zuccarello. Or like obviously they weren't going to be in on the Panarin or Bobrovsky conversations. But even even some of the other big names that signed big deals, like they didn't have seven million dollars to throw at Joe Pavelski. So it just. I, it's tough for me to say they did a good or bad job. I think that I think that you're probably safer um, not giving out a lot of term on this day than you are giving out a lot of term. And I think the Flames have been burned with some bad free agent contracts they've signed on July 1 in recent years. Just one year ago, we were talking about James Neal and now we're talking about how much of a disaster that looks for the next four years. Troy Brower got bought out halfway through his deal. Uh, Mason Raymond and Jonas Hiller didn't work. I mean, this is not, other than Derek Ryan and, and Michael Froelich, this team has not had a lot of recent success in terms of signing unrestricted free agents. So I am, I'm okay with what they did today. I think anytime you can get a one-year deal uh, on July 1st, you're pretty okay for a guy who's going to fill an important role on the roster like Camp Talbot is. I didn't think they had much ability or flexibility to go big game hunting, so it was it was kind of as I expected it to be. So I certainly don't put them in the winners category. They don't look like the Rangers do today, but um, I, I, I don't think that I don't think you can really put them in the losers category either because their situation was as it was. They couldn't really go out and do much. So to see them only make the one impact signing and and add the one bona fide NHLer is is kind of exactly what we thought was going to happen. Pat, I got to throw one more at you. Sorry for taking up so much of your time. Um, who, who is Nick Arbuckle, and are the Stampeders going to have to go with him moving forward? Well, I mean that was incredible. I mean, the, and the Lions like are reeling; they just can't can't figure it out. It's it's early, but Bo Levi's arm starts st- or stops working, and Arbuckle wins the game. So, who is this guy? Is there an update on Mitchell? Well, no uh, update, like no um, bonafide, like hey, here's the update on Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, last last check that I got was. He was still not feeling great um, after what happened on Saturday. So, you know, we are two days later, and that, that update was yesterday. So maybe things have progressed in the last 24 hours or so. But here's, here's how I would put it. Stamps have got a tough game at Mosaic Stadium this coming weekend. 
I'd be pretty shocked if Bo Levi Mitchell started it. In fact, if you're the Stamps, I don't know why you'd put Bo in. Unless you're, uh, unless he's 100%. Unless it was just a, a quick thing and he'll be back, good to go, and 100% come come Saturday night. Why wouldn't you go with Nick Arbuckle? Yes, who he is? Well, he's a second-year CFLer. He came out of a um, lesser-known school. I believe Georgia State is where Nick Arbuckle went to school. He has He was used in short yardage packages last year. And did a pretty nice job in those short yardage packages. He's got decent speed. He's got a really good arm. And how about? But you're you're right. I mean, he pops in for Bolivar Mitchell with two series down by eleven with less than three minutes to go. He goes nine for nine, and he throws <laughs> yeah. a touchdown and runs for a touchdown. You're like, who is this guy? What 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 are we missing here? Like, why wouldn't you start him? You've got your you've got your reigning MOP on the sidelines and probably not a hundred percent. You've got this guy who just engineered the biggest comeback of the season, and he's got to be feeling it. Why not throw him right into the fire? Nobody's running away with the West. Edmonton lost, so the best West Division team is a two-win team. So Stampeders aren't going to fall behind even if they lose to the Riders. So why not put him in, see what happens, see how he can deal with the pressure of playing in Regina, and, and see if this guy actually has it for real when somebody has a little more tape on him and, and has to you know go up against him for four quarters. So it, it's, it's interesting. I'd be shocked if Bo played. I'm not ruling it out. I just I don't see the reason why you'd have to in week four go you know push your, your meal ticket into a game like that. I was, uh, that was not the prettiest of three quarters for the Calgary Stampeders. I'm shocked they won that game because, boy, yeah, they look so bad at times. So was I. I mean, I'm starting to think, like, oh, man, like we knew there might be a drop-off this year finally. Yeah. But I was like, oh, geez, like are they going to be 0-2 with two home losses? And then, no, it's it's BC still wearing the, the 0 for, so, Yeah, Pat, hey, thanks for checking in. I hope you have a great Canada Day evening. I, I really appreciate it. I know you worked a long day, so thanks for doing more chat with us tonight on Inside Sportsman. You're the best. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time reader. We'll talk soon. All right. Back for some final thoughts. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. I really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Free agency starting in the National Hockey League. The Oilers sign free agent goaltender Mike Smith, free agent forward Marcus Granlin, free agent forward Thomas Yurko, who spent last year in the minors. They uh, bring back... A guy who was uh, briefly an unrestricted free agent until the Oilers locked him up this afternoon. Alex Chason and uh, restricted free agent Jujar Kara gets a new contract. And coming over from Europe, center Gaetan House, who is 27 and has been playing in Switzerland. More on 630Ched.com and uh, all the full media availability from Ken Holland if you missed any of the highlights we played tonight. Hey, uh, I got to thank Joan Radford, the race director for the Canada Day Road Race. She was on the show on Friday. Uh, all the organizers, all the volunteers for the Canada Day race. I ran the 15K this morning, Kellen. I have participated in the Canada Day Road Race 11 straight years. I have done the 15K distance 
uh, 10 straight years. It is always an awesome way to start Canada today. Oh, awesome. Out there before the, the rain rolled in this morning. It was actually hotter than it was most years, probably by a little bit. Yeah, that's weird. Just the weather today has just been off the wall. So, so. <laughs> a beautiful morning, uh, a lot of great energy with all the runners, and uh, it's just awesome to be be a part of. And I actually met uh, a listener to the show who oh, cool. texted in uh, Friday and asked me if I was running. I ran into to Scott on the course, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, good run today. Kellen, I'm like Jimmy Connors at the 1991 U.S. Open. Oh, there of you my go. my 10-15 Ks, this was my second fastest at the age of 45. Hey, late bloomer. I, I am a late bloomer. Maybe I'm going to peak in my 50s at some point. That would be pretty cool. Thanks to Pat Steinberg for checking in tonight. Thanks to everybody for listening. I hope your Canada Day has been going great. Uh, I'm going to my buddy's house near the high-level bridge to watch the fireworks. That's always a highlight for me as well. Kellen, happy Canada Day to you, buddy. Hey, happy Canada Day, and we'll discuss more sports happenings tomorrow at 6. All right, and don't forget Morley and Jason Moss with the Eskimos Coaches Show tomorrow at 7.30. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.